Well, what are we on? Our third week of school or fourth week? I don't even know. What is it? Third. It only feels like your fourth week, huh? Come on now. <laughs> are you learning anything? Well, well this morning... I want to just continue kind of where we were last week and the weeks prior, just kind of setting the tone for this year and share a little bit of my heart. And then I want to get into some teaching a little bit today. But I shared this at the cohort advisors meeting this summer. That SUM is a college that was birthed in revival with a revival spirit about it. And. At the heart of who I am, I am a revivalist. I believe for it. I contend for it. I think about it every minute of every day. You know, I just, I dream about it. Of what revival would look like if it came to the city of Oakland. What revival would look like if it came uh, to this nation or if it came to our world or to this country or that country. But more importantly, what revival would look like inside of me. And in the history of SUM, we've had a couple of times, especially one time where the Holy Ghost just moved for an, you know, an entire like trimester. It was just incredible. And the level of miracles and healings and deliverance that took place and just the liberty I felt, God ruined me from that time. So every day, all I do is think about it. Every day, I dream about it. Every day I long to have that once again flowing through me at that level. And I pray that that's your heart. And I pray that that's where you're at, that you are chasing, you are hungering, and you're thirsting after revival. God promised me when we established this school 20-some years ago that SUM would be a part of a great latter-day revival that's going to shake the earth. And God said that it would be, the students would be used and signs and wonders would follow in an amazing way. But divine healing would be like the keystone or the capstone of the movement of what he was going to use you for. Are you receiving that this morning? That just as the word says that you would lay hands upon the sick and they would recover. There's probably not a subject in the Word that I love teaching, preaching about more than divine healing. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Amen? Why you should expect to be healed. And I'm going to try to slow my writing down on the board today so you can actually read it. I heard enough complaints from last week. All right? Now, I'm going to already confess to you. That I drove all the way last week, Wednesday, I drove all the way to the mountains to spend my four days once a month with God alone, fasting and prayer, and got all the way up there, and it was smoked in from the rim fire. So the next morning I had to get up, and I drove six hours and went all the way down to Monterey and found me a place down there to get shut up with God. So why, you say, why are you telling that? Because I am so pregnant with the Word of God this morning, we could go for about six days right now. 
If you don't love this word, there is just something wrong with you. If you don't enjoy spending time with God, digging into the nuggets of this word, I'm not even sure why you're here. Amen? I mean, you ought to just be in love with God's word. You ought to get it on the inside of you. You ought to want to preach it everywhere you go. You want to be able to tell somebody about Jesus every day. Because it ought to be that's that exciting to you. So, we're going to go through some of the reasons. One, is God is unchangeable. Amen? Anybody disagreeing with that? So I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures, and we're just going to move through this. i got a lot of stuff I want to share with you this morning. Exodus 15, 26. And he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. And if you don't have your paper and pencil out, you should have it out. And I'm telling you, you can take this. You'll preach it wherever you want. Hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt thou not, uh, which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to the commandments and keep all the statutes. I will put none of these diseases... Come on. Upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Rapha, right there. Exodus 23, 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless uh, thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Psalm 103, 3 through 4. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth Rapha, again, all thy diseases who redeemeth thy life from the destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. God today is still forgiving sins, come on, and he's still healing our diseases. That's what it says there. Diseases, gnosis, and septuagint nine times, twelve times in the New Testament, always speaks about physical disease. Healeth is eomade, which is out of the Greek, 28 times, you see it uh, in the word of God. Rapha, of course, in the Hebrew. And then when you get down, it says redeemeth. Uh, when you're this gall, which is constantly redeeming. God is now constantly keeping our bodies alive. Look at your neighbor and let her know it's God keeping you alive today. All right. The New Testament. Well, Psalm 107, I'll give you more. He sent his word and healed them. Again, Rapha. Here are, uh, Matthew 9:35. You with me? Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among them. Hmm. Mark 6, 12 through 14. And they went out, who? The disciples. We got any disciples in the house? They went out and preached that men should repent, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil. The only time you see this here besides in James, but in the time of Christ, Anointed with oil, many that were sick and healed them. Huh. Malachi 3 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Come on, therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hebrews 13 8. Are you still there? Hebrews 13 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same, when we speak about in the Greek, it's holotos, which means the very same identical person in every respect. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, 
That's where we get the word parallel. In other words, it doesn't change even in the slightest. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and go, huh. Where did I get these pens from? Isaac, your pens don't even write. Come on. Ryan. Don't want to call out anybody in chapel right now. Everybody just say, Ryan. <laughs> what is this? The Lord ever present. All right, now we're slow. We're getting going down. Oops, ever present, okay? We're not going to keep, we're just going to keep going down. What about Nisi? Right? The Lord what? Our banner in the midst of victory. Shalom, the Lord what? You don't want to try to write when you're up here. Slip canoe is what? Right, the Lord what? A righteousness. How many other ones can we think of? Can we get in there? How about Ra? The Lord what? My shepherd. All right, I'll jump down and give you this one. Rapha. What is what? Okay. Are you with me? Today, has the Lord stopped being the Lord Shema? Nope. The Lord Nisi? Nope. The Lord Shalom? Nope. The Lord Tiskanu? Nope. The Lord Ra? Well, then why did he stop being this one? Come on, somebody. He is a Lord that changeth not. So whenever cessation says, well, I don't believe in divine healing, well, you'd have to say you don't believe in an attribute of who God is. Putting it out there. Two. Somebody watch me at time because I know we'll run out today. I believe that it is part of the atonement. Oh, sorry, just happened to believe that. I'm going to prove that to you. Turn over to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Four. Surely he hath borne our griefs and what carried our sorrows, right? Hi. And then what? Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, right? So we're going to go down. So let's look at these. Born. Are you with me? Man, you guys seem tired today. I'm trying to help you out here. Carried in sorrow. All 
boy, NASA. Okay? Greaves is what I think Coley. Uh, Terry to Sabelle. Sorrows is Makeup or Macad. All right. So let's talk real quickly on each one of these. So when we talk about griefs, turn over to Deuteronomy 7.15, because I'm going to show you. This is speaking about what? I'm going to do the two nouns first. Let's see these two boys right here. Okay. This is speaking about sickness. You guys are in Bible college, right? All right. thought I lost you for a second there. Sickness, Deuteronomy 7.15, and the Lord will take away all uh, away from the all sickness. It's the same word. You get me? It's the same word, same identical word there. Deuteronomy 28.61, also every sickness. Again, it's the same word, koli. It means to rub or to be worn out. Hence comes the idea of being to be weak, to be sick, to be afflicted. Come on. Mm-hmm. All right? Sorrow speaks of what? Down here, the other one. Speaks of pain. We ain't talking about the people that live in the dorms with you. This is a different kind of pain. Job 33, 19, and he chastened also with pain upon his bed and multiplied his bones with strong pain. Again, the same idea. Right there, same word. Jeremiah 51, 8. uh, Take balm for her pain. It's the same identical Hebrew word, Maccab, okay? Born, Nasa, to suffer punishment. Leviticus 5.1 says this, and if a soul sin and hear the voice of swearing as a witness, whether he's have seen or known of it, uh, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear, same word, his iniquity. Isaiah 53.12, and these are the two I want you to see. Isaiah 53.12, look at this. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare, there it is again, the sin of many, and made transgression uh, uh, for them. So here it is. What does it say? He bore our sins vicariously, what? As our substitute. We believe that. We know that. So now let's go down to the, to the, uh, uh, to the other verb, sabel, which is the same idea, to bear something as a punishment. Isaiah 53.11. I want you to get these two down. Isaiah 53.11 says this. And he uh, shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by, the, by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Same idea again. So here we are. If we already know that griefs, are we all in agreement that griefs means sickness? Come on, I just gave you a bunch of scriptures on it. Sorrows. Means what? Pain. We just seen the two verbs in Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 12, 53, 11 and 12. We see both the same ones. And each one of those same verbs, same words again, is saying that Jesus Christ would die on the cross for our sins. Well, if the same verbs and the same nouns are used in other places to describe this, then how in the world, come on somebody, can you not say that he did not bear our sicknesses? You can't say it works in one passage and then turn around and say, well, those verbs don't mean that and those nouns don't mean that when you're talking that. All right. 
preach me down. Matthew, I'm going to prove it to you again. Matthew 8. Guess who quoted this passage? Matthew 8. 16 through 17. And when evening had come, they brought him many who were demon-possessed. Huh? They cast out spirits of the word, and he healed, he healed all of them. I only again, all who were ill. This was what? To fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried our diseases. How in the world can you not say it's not a part of the atonement? It's right there. I know some people say, well, the word fulfilled really means, speaks about that it happened while he was alive. That's ridiculous. The same word used there is the same word used for fulfillment in Luke 4. Remember that Jesus would do what? Proclaim the gospel to the... What else? Blinded. You guys remember that scripture? Blinded. Father, help us. Right. There you go. Heal the broken heart. You're getting it? Well, the same word fulfill, I think it's peperlato or something like that, is the same, again, same Greek word. How in the world fulfilled? Does that mean now there's no more gospel being preached to the poor? No. Is Jesus no longer healing the brokenhearted? No. The word fulfilled is the same thing. So I don't even want to deal with that stupid argument. All right. Also, what about after the resurrection? Peter. And in his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. Come on. Paul, same thing. Through mighty signs of power, God was doing all these things. Acts 16, same thing. Again, Paul seeing incredible miracles after. Come on. How can you say it's not a part of the atonement? Acts 4, 29 through. And now behold, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to what? Heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. Hallelujah! That is us! God, help me with this church this morning. I like the way Andrew Murray put it. He said this, It is not said only that the Lord's righteous servant had borne our sins, but also that he had borne our sicknesses. Thus his bearing our sickness forms an integral part of the Redeemer's work, as well as our bearing of our sins. The body and the soul have been created to serve together as a habitation of God. The sickly condition of the body is, as well as that of the soul, a consequence of sin. And that is what Jesus came to bear, or conquer. Whew, that's just good preaching right there. 1 Peter 2.24, again, the same thing whose own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. What? By whose stripes you were healed. There's that same word, healed. I may, same thing. You see it over and always refers to physical healing. So are you with me on that one? Mm-hmm. Father. Number three. What did Christ come for? To do what? To destroy what? Yeah, come on. You do believe that, right? All right, let's go over there. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Huh. Same Holy Ghost we're anointed with. 
How many of you realize that Jesus did every miracle ever did by the power of the Holy Ghost? The same way you and I do it. How God anointed Jesus in there with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This word oppressed is katadu in a stool, and it means to dominate or to exercise lordship over, dominion over. Come on. Healing all who are oppressed, that the devil's got dominion over. Come on. Holding over them. Lordship over them. It says this is what Jesus Christ, Hebrews 2.14, look at it. For as much as then as the children partakers of flesh and blood, he also took of the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. To break off that dominion, to break off that lordship. That's the power, the anointing that God's given you and I. That when you come against those that are oppressed by the devil, those that are beaten down, those that are sick, those that are weak, God has given you the authority, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to break that off of them. But maybe you first got to get it off your own life. That's another preach. First John 3, 8, for you committed the sins of the devil, the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested, that he would what? Destroy. Break off that oppression. Number four. How about the Holy Ghost? Come on now. John 14, 16. We talked about this before. Remember last week. For I'll pray to the Father and he shall give you a comfort that he be with you forever, right? He says he's not only going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. The word, Greek, dunamis, power. That's the same power we, word we get for dynamite. Explosive power. That's what's resting in you. Look at your neighbor and go, yeah, 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 I got it. That's all right, got it. Yeah. Yeah, I see the dynamite just exploding everywhere in here. Luke 20. <laughs> Luke 24, 49. Behold, I'm sending you forth the promise of the Father for, upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you're clothed with power, dunamis, from on high. He said, don't try to go out to the streets of Oakland. Don't try to reach the city. Don't try to do points of light until you're clothed with the power from on high. Only then is the devil going to take off running. Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive what? Power. Same word, dunamis. Ephesians 3.20.21. Now, in able to do exceedingly abundant of all that we ask or think, according to the what? Power. Same word it's working on in it. 2 Timothy 1, 7. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Look at your neighbor and say, you coward, he ain't giving you a spirit of fear. He's got, you're full of power. Come on. You're powerful. Tell your neighbor, you're powerful. Now tell him to take a shower. That's not right. We won't get it. <laughs> Luke 4, 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. After he fasted. Come on, you ought to be coming out of this fast. If you go into this fast the same way you came out of this fast, you couldn't have fasted. Or you just went too fast. I don't know. You zipped right through and missed the whole thing. Jesus, he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Whew. Crazy. Disciples, Romans 15, 18, 19. Go through that with a 
For I, I will not dare to speak of the things uh, of those things which Christ had done, not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by the word and by deed, through mighty signs and wonders, and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! And he says, and it was magnified, preached the gospel everywhere because of the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 8, 26. You just got this is this is a incredible verse. Get over there. Oh, it's 11. Oh, my God. You, give me five more minutes, okay? I probably won't get to all six. I was hoping I would, but you might be only enough to go out here with a four-point sermon. Romans 8, 26. Like, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Infirmities, again. And it's the, it's the idea of sicknesses. It's the ads of a body, of soul, mind. It doesn't matter. That's what it's talking about. For we know not what we ought to pray for as we have with the best spirit making this a first going with it which cannot be uttered. Now, this word is, comes from son, anti, and I think it's lembio. Let me make sure, make sure I'm spelling that right. Family. All right, when you look at this here, I was doing word studies all week, and I just, I just enjoyed it. This here is together with, anti, you know what that is, that's against, right? I can't even read that. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I tell you, and this means I take hold of, I take Hold of. It's not me. It's this junky pen they've given me. <laughs> together. Oh, that's together with. That's it. All right. So just think what the Holy Ghost is saying here. The Spirit takes hold or take hold against together with. Well, who's he taking hold with? Us. So the Holy Spirit is coming, taking together with us against what? Against the opposition. Against the devil that's fighting you. He's coming alongside as you're praying, firing up your prayers and the power of the Holy Ghost. Fighting with you again. Come on. Woo! Man, I love that. But the Spirit, Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Supplacent. Zoe, life, I make. He makes life appear within us. Come on. Five. Because we're commissioned. Come on. Are you still with me? Wait a minute. That's close. You never want to write on a board next to you. You can never figure out what you're writing. Mark 16, 7. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Oh, we already found that one in Acts 28. That's what Paul did. Shook that joker off. Said, I'm too busy for Jesus to be messing with us right now. Come on. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. People, oh, I don't know, you know, many interpretations of the past. I don't really care that verse, so I don't know if it's true. Oh, 
give me a break. Well, I happen to believe it's true. I mean, if you go back and you really want to dig into it and you want to, you want to study it, you can go from Arrhenius back to Polycarp, who was a, a pupil of what? The Apostle John. And he quotes it. So, well, what do you think of that? Come on, somebody. James 5, 14 and 15. Is there any sick among you? A stain off, to be feeble, diseased, impotent, lacking physical strength. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if you committed any sin, he'll be forgiven him. Which is to proclaim. That's what it means, to proclaim. It says we are commanded. Come on. We are commanded. Is there any sick among you? Call. That's what that word means. It says go do this. This is a command. If there's any sick, go get the elders. Let them anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will raise them up. Commanded by God. How many people do it today? Come on, somebody. Number six, last one. The promises. We talked about that pen's worthless. The promises activated through faith. Hallelujah. Matthew thirteen fifty, and he could not do many many works there because of what? Any mighty works because of their unbelief. James 1, 6, 7. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For if he wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with a wind and toss, for let not that man think he's going to receive anything from God. If your faith is, well, you're the greatest God. You're the biggest loser. You're the greatest God. You're the biggest loser. God says, what is it? Either I'm the greatest God or I'm the biggest loser. Which one is it? Come on. Matthew 18, 19. Read these last scriptures and we'll close. Matthew 18. And I say to you that if any two of you shall agree on touching anything, anything that shall ask, it shall be done for them. Anything. How many think sickness is a thing? Matthew 21, 22. In all things whatsoever you shall pray and believe in, you shall receive. How many believe that sickness is a thing? Mark 9, 22. And oftentimes they cast them into the fire of the waters and destroy them. But if thou hast canst do anything, have compassion on us. Jesus said, cast them if a cast. Believe. If thou canst believe all things, what things, things, hey, sickness, whatever it is, it's possible in him that believeth. Come on. Have my unbelief, O God. Mark 11, 23, 1. For verily I say, that's what service shall say unto this mountain, but be removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt. Shall not doubt, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says shall come to pass. Whatever he shall say, come on. And whatsoever he desire, when he pray, believe that he receive. I know your Bible reads just like mine. Faith, Matthew 9, 2. And behold, they brought him a sick palsy, laying on a bed in the Jesus' seat. Seeing their faith. But Jesus turned about him and saw her and the daughter be good of good comfort. And seeing her faith, Matthew 9, 27. Two blind men come to him and Jesus said, and seeing their faith, being you according to faith. Come on. Matthew 15, 28. Oh, woman of great, how great is thy faith. Your daughter's healed. Come on. Matthew 17. If you speak unto the mountain, if you have a seed of faith, the size of a mustard seed. Woo! Come on, so get up. Come on. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Man, I just feel like shouting. You know, I've been, uh, <clears throat> I shared this, I don't think I shared with you this year, but last year, I've been working with these guys, uh, trying to penetrate into this group of bikers, and, and I mean bicyclists, not biker bikers. And uh, there's probably a group of about 100 of them, 30 of them get together every Saturday. And one guy is from, I think he's from Romania, and and I've been working with him and sharing the gospel with him over and over. When I just a few words here and there every time, and trying to get in there. Well, not last year or somewhere. I think it was February. One of their key guy biker friends crashes on his bike. He's paralyzed, and and I tell you, I've been praying for that guy. Going into that hospital room every week, and just anointing him with oil, as the Word of God says. And every week I'm seeing the slight things of improvement, but I'm believing every day that that man's going to get up and walk again. I believe he's going to eat again. I believe he's going to talk again. And slowly but surely I'm seeing the life coming back into this guy. Well, last week I was in there and I was just praying for him. And as I was praying, I could just sense the Holy Ghost coming in there and there was nobody else in the room. I was just praying. And as I was praying for him, I was just so fixed on him because... You know, it's just so in my heart. I'm just declaring, God, you're going to do something. I know it. I sense it. And I just keep praying and holding on. And, and as I did, all of a sudden, I heard these groanings of, you know, and I was just like, what? And I look, and over is another paralyzed guy in this bed. And I hear him just groaning, and I just walk over there. And it was like you could just see him entreating you to pray for me. Up on the wall was a picture of what he was. And before me is what he is now. And I can tell you that I felt like the Holy Ghost just came on me. I anointed him oil. And I had a shouting fit inside that room. I'm telling you, God is still on the throne. We are his messengers of hope. There is an anointing upon my life. There's an anointing upon your life. Jesus Christ came to break off the oppression, the darkness, the defeat, the failure, the sickness, the infirmities, the weaknesses, whatever they are in people's lives. He came to destroy the works of the devil. You need to get in line with what your mission is. Your mission is to set the oppressed free. To set them loose. To set them at liberty. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. God has given you His Word. His guarantee that you are a child of God. That you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are called, appointed, and anointed by Him. You ought to, instead of leaning over, I'm going to go out to the streets today. You ought to be like, man, I am going out to the streets today. And I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. And somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to get delivered. And God forbid if anybody is sick walking past me. The devil's going to wish they had him on the other side of the street. Because I'm going to lay hands upon the sick. I'm going to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Break off 
of your life. The spirit of defeat. The spirit of failure. The spirit of inadequacy. That who am I? Get beyond all that junk. Throw your shoulders back and know, the man, that you are a child of God. Called and appointed by Him. You are backed by His Word, empowered by His Spirit. 